Hello, hello, everybody. everybody. And welcome back to the 1313 podcast, the most mediocre podcast in the Star Wars universe. I'm Jacob. I'm Tommy. And today we are joined by none other than Star Wars Dinks from TikTok. <laughs> hello there. So for those of you who don't know, this is our Have a Chat series. And in our Have a Chat series, we invite other creators and members of the Star Wars community onto the show to talk about their Star Wars story. And then from there, we, we think we do, Jacob. We have a chat. We have a chat. We have a chat. Before and we begin this episode, please be sure that you have joined our Discord and that you are subscribed to the 1313 Podcast YouTube channel because at 500 subscribers, we'll be giving away your choice of Bad Batch Rex or the 212th Battalion Clone Trooper. Wow. So make sure that you're subscribed for your chance to one of those. And uh, other than that, make sure you are also following the Patreon because by the time this goes up, we will be doing our next giveaway already. Mm. So we just gave away this Ahsoka figure, so... If you want to get your hands on the next one, make sure that you're in the Patreon. Indeed. And with that, let's uh, let's let's start, shall we? So, Dinks, tell us a little bit about your content on mainly TikTok. Well, yeah, it, it is. It's um, it's primarily TikTok. Anything that I post on other media is usually just um, you know the videos that I made on TikTok, with the exception of maybe Twitter. Um, so the goal for what I do is just content uh you know content commentary is, is more than anything so pe- most of what i do is actually just answer questions and it is based off of you know what is accepted by lucasfilm as canon and i do mention legends a lot i you know i'm not afraid of legends i am very knowledgeable about it but i do distinguish the two that's the main thing and 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 i want to keep it a family friendly place i have a lot of followers that are you know under age of uh, you know, under adult age, and a lot of minors that follow me on TikTok. And I want to make sure that it's a safe place for them as well. So I do have filters set up for the comments and uh, my interaction will always be respectful and polite. And anybody who doesn't, well, then they won't be there very long. <laughs> so my main question is, what made you decide that you wanted this outlet to be through a puppet? Well, um, you know, being a puppet, it, it has its advantages. First off, you know, um, there are a lot of talking heads out there already. You know, you, everybody's got the thing in their ear and they're talking into the cord and, not, you know, that same old thing that everybody's doing since Straw Hat Goofy took off. But um, for me, I wanted to do something different and not just be a talking head. Um, I mean, I'm a talking head kind of, but I'm a unique talking head. I'm not a, just a person. And so, you know, being a character really instills um, some vulnerability that people can embrace. It's like, you know, like, oh, that's a cute puppy. Well, now you're a dog person or, you know, type of thing. So a lot of people have come around to liking puppets just because they like my channel. So that's one thing is just to kind of endear people with a character rather than just a person. But also it's hard to be mad at a puppet. And let's, you know, let's not, you know, let's not... uh, pretend that it isn't true you know star wars fandom is one of the most toxic fandoms you know we know this Mm -hmm. so i actually don't get a lot of hate that some of the other commentators do because i'm a puppet and uh, when i do i'm just i'll I'll make fun comments like are you really mad at a puppet (laughs) and things like that that's fun that's fun so how um are puppet years the same as human years or 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm on the same planet as you. So yeah, our, our years are the same. Now, I, the people do ask how old I am. I was stitched together 25 years ago, um, but my history goes back further than that. Um, I do kind of share a brain with my uh, chauffeur. So he's got a history that kind of just goes into my brain. And I, sometimes I just speak for him. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, and so what made you want to do specifically the the question and answer type of content because those are the videos that I see the most uh, of yours. Yeah. Well, those are the ones that really do the best too. And that's mm -hmm. just simply because um, it, that's what people responded to. I, I keep doing them because people keep having great questions. I honestly didn't know what I was going to do. I thought about doing synopsis videos, but honestly, they kind of annoy me. Um, I never liked research projects going up, growing up. So, um, you know, doing a research on something is something that I do when necessary, but I'd rather just have conversations. So when somebody asks a question, all I'm doing is responding. Sometimes I know the answer. Sometimes I even get the answer wrong and I'm freely admit when I'm wrong. But um, the main thing is I just want to be able to have that conversation setting. And so part of that is, you know, answering the questions in the comments. So it really just kind of developed because people just kept asking questions. Nice, nice. So where do you find the awesome t-shirts though? That's my other question. <laughs> well, the t-shirts for the most part, um, I find at thrift stores. I mean, you cannot find really good um, Star Wars shirts right now um, unless you're willing to just pay a lot of money for them. And most of the stuff out right now is Grogu, which, okay, Grogu is fine, but I'm getting tired of everything being Grogu. Give me some Ahsoka or, or you know, God forbid, uh, Hondo. I mean, come on. <laughs> so I would love to have a Hondo shirt, but, um, you know, my, I'm size 2T, so that's a toddler size. So there's a lot of used clothing stores for children, so it works out for me that I can find a lot of Star Wars related shirts. The dif difficulty I have is finding these over shirts that, you know, because you see I'm wearing two layers. Yeah. And so the over shirts, finding them that don't look childish, that's that's the more difficult part. Got it, got it. Well, that's awesome, though. I, that's uh, that, that was always something that I was wondering about. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if they were like Build-A-Bear shirts or like... <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I believe it or not, I do have... Um, I did buy uh, two Grogu toys. One was for Grace, the girl you see on some of my videos. Um, the other one, I actually took the shirt off and tried it. But unfortunately, it fits me like a very tight T-shirt. I'm like, no, I'm not Daniel Craig. I'm not going to be you know, showing off the, the rippling pectorals I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so what right now you know obi-wan kenobi just finished so how are you how are you feeling coming off that show well honestly i loved it all throughout now there were a lot of criticisms on it and i'm not going to name other commentators with the uh, with whom i disagree but um i loved it all throughout i understood what they were doing that's the thing with these projects, we have to understand they need to tell a story. It's not just going to be wow moments all the way through. It's not going to be aha moments all the way through. Now, there's plenty of criticisms that can be had. I have my own. But I understood they had to take it at a slow pace because otherwise there is no story. And that's the important thing. Um, so I was patient with it, and I intentionally went in with no expectations. Like I had things I wanted to see but I didn't expect them. I intentionally did not expect them so that I could be pleasantly surprised if they gave them to me. That's mm -hmm. kind of the key. That's how we go through watching most of our stuff. We don't put preset expectations on anything because that's what ruins it for most people. So we're a generally positive channel here and we kind of do the same thing. We try to be the most uplifting and most family friendly uh, and conversational as we can. 
But also, uh, if we do have strong opinions, we don't hold back. But with Kenobi, um, I was a huge fan of the show. I was really happy with what they did. I, same, I had like one or two things like that were like nitpick criticisms, like that I wouldn't even like didn't even bother me that much. Um, I don't know how Jackson really feels because uh, our friend who's also does the show with us, he's in Taiwan right now. So um, oh. we'll have to get his opinions on absolutely everything when he comes back in two months. But <laughs> I get you. I get you. Yeah. So as far as overall, I have loved the story. And, and honestly, I was just geeking out about everything uh, nostalgic about it, especially when they brought in the snow speeders. Just when I first hear, heard the engine in episode four, it just did that just really brought me back because I love the snow speeders. And that was the introduction of of Rogue Group, which eventually became Rogue Squadron. And I'm a big Legends fan. So Rogue Squadron was a big, big deal in Legends. Um, and, and, and that's still on their books to do as far as a project goes. Now, the only expectation I did have was one I, that we, I think we all knew they were going to do. And that was Qui-Gon. Yeah. 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 Qui-Gon, I, I really thought they had me because they didn't show it right until the very end. And so... When Obi Wan's oh, yeah. walking on his Eopi out into the the jungling wastes, I was like, "Oh well, that's it. They're just not gonna show Qui Gon." And then he was yeah, right he there. Was. That was the perfect. <laughs> yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And I they have to like, say, I I I liked how they did it though. I I liked that it was short. We didn't need a whole scene about it. We didn't need a whole episode about it. We just needed to know that he was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like too that with Qui Gon, there were several moments throughout the show where I thought oh, this would be a spot where I would expect Qui-Gon to show up, and then it kept not happening. And then I was like, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, you know, it's established that Obi-Wan's trying to communicate with him, so, you know, I'll, I'll take it. But, yeah, I think that the way they brought him in was was well done. Yeah, I expected him to, show, to at least hear his voice when Obi-Wan was trapped under the rocks. That's when I thought for mm-hmm. sure we were going to hear his voice or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's where I expected it probably the most. Um, but... I mean, aside from that, though, I mean, I know we just we just had an episode come out as of recording this today where we've shared our final thoughts and we were pretty emotional at the the finale of it there. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah, honestly, my favorite episode is one that most people didn't like, and that was episode four, where he's going into the Fortress Inquisitoris to get Leia, just yeah. because of the, a lot of the Easter eggs. Now, I'm an original trilogy fanboy, always have been. Um, it doesn't mean I don't like the other stuff, but that those are my primary uh, things that I love. And so the so many references to the original Star Wars in that episode. You know, you had the left behind comlink that was filmed at exactly the same angle that C-3PO left behind and Lewis calling, where could he be, you know? And um, you had Obi-Wan use the force to distract the guards and, you know, they let them go so that they could track the, you know, track Obi-Wan in them. You know, and all of those were great. But my favorite part of that whole episode was in the dark room when he's rescuing Leia and he does the whole dark room attack, just like Ahsoka did in her episode of the Mandalorian. That was just awesome. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. I never, I never thought of it that way. The way that Obi-Wan came in like that. That yeah. being like Ahsoka, that's that's an interesting parallel there. I think my favorite part of that episode was, like you said, the Easter eggs. But I also loved seeing those Purge Troopers. I I am a big fan. Oh, yeah. We both are of Jedi Fallen Order, and and the Purge Troopers are something that I was so excited when they were bringing it into the show because I feel like those characters would fit so well in this era of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so to see oh, yeah. them 
was a big deal. And just in general, I'm we are both huge fans of any. You put anyone in a suit of armor in Star Wars, and we love it. We're here for it. So. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, even even uh, Mandalorian armor, Boba Fett's armor. He was originally supposed to be some kind of super stormtrooper. That was the original idea. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, they they always do a good job creating good armor. Uh, good concepts uh, for the most part. When they do something unique, it always ends up being really cool. Um, I do have to say, though, one big criticism about that scene was actually something I appreciated most about the about the whole entire episode was when they're trying to escape with Leia and he's and she's simply tucked under his cloak. You know, that was one of the biggest criticisms. But honestly, to me, it made perfect sense. Like it's not like they have time to hollow out a droid and stuff her inside. You know, you're, you're just gonna throw her in there walk casually and hope nobody notices. And then people are like, oh, well, they would have been caught. Well, they did get caught, you know? So I, I appreciated the realism of that. Yeah. I thought, because it's not necessarily a criticism. I just thought more, I, th- I thought it was silly. Because every time I see something like that, I think of like the two kids in a trench coat trying to get into a rated R movie type thing. <laughs> um, so every time yeah. I see that, it just makes me laugh because it's, again, it's Star Wars. It's not supposed to be the most serious thing out there, which people forget sometimes so when we get yeah. something like that that is really humorous i'm like it's i'm okay with it. it it pulled me out like just a little bit from the story but at the end of the day i don't care that much it was it was funny yeah yeah you definitely know, i'm yeah, go ahead good um i just saw today um before we came here i was watching return of the jedi and uh the scene where luke is on endor and he's talking to vader um before they go up to the death star is I have never felt such emotion during that scene until after I finished Obi-Wan Kenobi. Specifically, Vader says the line, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. And Vader sounds sad when he says that line. But now, like, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, ooh. Yeah, yep. Now it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people are like, well, well, he didn't reach out to him. Well, he didn't. Well, Vader never said he reached out to him. He just said he once thought as he did. Yeah. So... It, yeah, now it makes total sense that whole communication that, that Obi-Wan had with Vader, especially with the lighting. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen videos on this already where they, they yeah. talked about how, you know, when Anakin speaking, it's the blue lighting on his face. But when it's Vader, it's the red lighting. That was just genius. I loved it. Yeah. One thing I think that kind of helps us with our analysis of um, uh, Star Wars and like things like that is we both went to, for high school, it was a, like a college, like, prep school it was like one of the hardest high schools in our area and our language arts teacher was like huge into the nitpick tiny things nitpick tiny things so we had that like drilled into our heads for like two years straight and at the time we're like man this is never gonna affect us in the real world we're never gonna need this and now that we have a show and we analyze star wars we take those same teachings from that and then we apply it to television instead of uh instead of books so uh shouts out to uh the staff at our high school (laughs) definitely well and one thing is that um it definitely helps you critique and analyze you can totally break down episodes and point things out and give people the wow moments on the most boring of scenes you can make them wow if you know how to nitpick them Mm -hmm. but the one thing you also have to be careful of is understanding the author's intent and that's Mm -hmm. very important to me i have had people you know, very upset with things that I've said. And I'm like, well, this is the official stance of Lucasfilm. You know, this is how they're going to, you know, do it going forward. And people are like, well, you don't have to take their word for it because, you know, we can interpret it however we want. But the problem is if you do that, you're just going to be disappointed when they don't do it how you want in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's um with uh, 
in the final episode of Obi-Wan, I had said that I would have liked for the, the fight to just be uninterrupted without the other, the bits with Reva and uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru mixed in. But yeah. narratively, they're doing that to build tension for both Luke Skywalker and for Obi-Wan. You want to know how this is going to play out on both ends. And so they're doing that uh, in a narrative way to make you feel nervous and to want to hurry up and see what's coming next. So while I would like to see it uninterrupted, I do understand why they did it. Well, Star Wars has always told two stories at once. Always. You know, every single movie, even episodes of the Clone Wars are always telling two stories at once. And that's so that you can break up the monotony of a scene. And I'm not saying that the the battle was monotony, monotonous, but you don't want it to you don't want any danger of it feeling that way. So the best thing is to go ahead and break it up and then, you know, let some well-meaning YouTuber piece it together. I'm I'm sure somebody on YouTube already has pieced together the fight without the hint of the scenes. That's another thing that I kind of think is kind of cool about Star Wars Uniquely is that it's always two stories. I I really began to notice this when I was reading the the Thrawn book. Probably one of my favorite authors now, like of oh, all time. Because I love those books. They're so good. I've yet to read uh, Heir to the Empire. I just started the first book. So uh, I'm excited oh, to get yeah. into that. Well, you know, that that's one thing is Timothy Zahn is from the old school of of the authors that they used um i I really don't care for some of the new authors they have writing just because tim it it, to me it's all about feelings and uh introspection and there are places for that but the reason why legends books did so well is because it was about the action yes there was introspection yes there were feelings but it's star wars not star uh melancholy you know, there's, 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 we need to see the action going on. And, and Legends was very, very good about that. Yeah. Um, I did want to, so two things. First was, uh, when you had mentioned about Boba Fett originally being like a super commando, do you think we'll see something similar to that? If not that exactly in the bad batch coming up, because this is immediately after the fall, the rise of the empire. And so now we have like the TK troopers and you still have like, clone commandos so there's like a mixing of new designs with old and so i'm wondering if we'll see that as a thing there well i mean star wars is all about showing that progression ever since the prequels were first you know introduced introduced to us they've always been showing that that progression from the old republic to the empire so i do think we'll still see some progression but um what i think it really comes down to is how close they get to the emperor how close they get to Coruscant. That, I think, is going to make the difference. If they stay in the Outer Rim, we're not going to see much difference because there's no reason to send out the elite troops into an area that you only half care about. That's a good point. Yeah, and, and we've seen that the Emperor is in the trailer, so now I feel like there will be something where we go more towards the core. But Yeah, uh, my, my favorite troopers are ones we have not seen a lot from, and that is the Red Imperial Guards that we see in Return of the Jedi. Really? I love their look, and we don't hardly have anything about them. We have comics from Legends, but that's about it. I mm. want to see the Bad Batch go up against those guys. That's what I want to see. That'd be it's cool. kind of like how I am with um, the Sith Troopers. We see them for like maybe not even five minutes in the last movie, and their design is so cool. It's a mix of the First Order Troopers and the Clone Troopers, and it's like instead of going with the bone aesthetic that every other trooper has, it goes with a muscle it's i think it's so cool it's such a good design i just want more of it i just want to see more of it and i know we never probably will so i feel like that's like probably the younger generations because they had like 
uh, OTs had Boba Fett, where it was like this really yeah. cool looking guy that was like barely there and you knew nothing about him. So I feel like the kids that are now growing up into Star Wars now, I have a feeling that the Sith Troopers are going to be their kind of clone troopers and their Boba Fett. Well, them and the Knights of Ren. Yeah, because you're not yeah. going to see yeah. any of them and they all look so cool. So Yeah, you, you really have to be in, in the comics in order to get all the material you're looking for. But, you know, all of us went through the same thing. The OTs went through that, the PTs went through that, and now the STs are. But um, the, the main thing, though, is that they did actually try to do that again. They tried to create a new Boba Fett because, keep in mind, for Boba Fett, the only thing we had was, you know, Empire Strikes Back for the most part and then him dying, supposedly, in Return of the Jedi for decades. That's all we had uh, other than what they wrote about in books and put in comics. So, But they did try to create a new character like that with Zori Bliss. You know, she was meant to be that cool character that you didn't know much about, but she didn't take off with popularity like Boba did. Hmm. So I guess my next question would be, because you have a lot more interaction with the younger fans than we do. Yeah. I'd say our fans normally sit around the age of like 17 and 25 for the most part. Yeah. And then we have a, like a, a good amount of older fans and then a smaller amount of younger fans. But um, I'm interested to hear from your perspective how the younger generation takes the sequel trilogy. Because our um, perspective has always been that these are these kids grew up with these movies. So they're going to grow up and they're, once they start getting a voice online the the hate that the sequel trilogy gets from a lot of big creators is going to not necessarily go away, but it's going to be met with a more uh, predominant uh, acceptance or love for the sequel yeah. younger fans. So is that, how is that on your end? Well, yeah, here's the thing. Every trilogy has gone through some kind of hate. Yeah. Every single one. The original trilogy, the fans of that went through hate from the whole sci-fi community because nobody had seen a dirty sci-fi world before. You know, George Lucas made a dirty, lived-in sci-fi community or, or universe, and people really, really criticized him for it because everybody was used to things like Star Trek and Lost in Space, where everything was clean and pretty. And like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Everything's clean in the future, you know? But um, so they they got a lot of criticism for that. And then when you had the, the prequels, when those came out, then those fans had the hate from the original trilogy fans and now that we have the sequels the sequels fans are getting hate from both the original trilogy and the prequel fans so the the big thing that i'm seeing here is that the sequel fans are afraid to talk that's the thing they've never been through this before the prequel fans they've been through this already the original trilogy fans they've been through this already but the sequel fans are afraid to talk because you know two-thirds of the fandom is you know not on their side and they're, you know, like, oh, we hate these. And if you are, if you like them, you're not a true Star Wars fan and, and stupid stuff like that. Um, so what I see, though, is that they do cling to characters. So they, they know better at this point to, and I hate saying no better, but that's how it is. Uh, they know better than to say I like a particular movie because then just people go to town on why that movie is bad and blah, blah, blah. Um, so what they do see is that they cling to characters. So you have a lot of Ray fans and a huge amount of Kylo fans, huge amount of Kylo fans. And I'm, I'm personally, I'm not a, that big of a fan of Kylo myself, but I understand the need to cling to a character because when you're talking about uh, being a fan of a character, there's a lot less that people can criticize you for. Like, oh, okay, cool. That's your character. Awesome. You know, I'd like this. I didn't like that. So when you're when you break it down, people are a little more respectful than if you just say the whole thing. You know, like, oh, you know, Last Jedi is my favorite movie. Well, that's probably the thing that's gonna get you the most hate out of anything in the world. <laughs> but if you say Kylo Ren is my favorite, you know, dark side user, 
people are like, oh, okay, cool. Why? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's good to hear. I that, think that's you know. kind of like how now when I hear you say that, I do see a lot of parallels of me as a kid because I never went out and was like, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite movie. I would always be like, Anakin's my favorite character. Or like the clone troopers are my favorite characters. Uh, I'm now kind of seeing a more of a parallel to my life in this. So, um, yeah, I think that's what makes Star Wars fans grow up to be so passionate about Star Wars, though. It's because they go through that that time where they kind of feel silenced about their opinion. It's like a but, coming of age. But almost. then they and then they realize, wait a minute. I'm my own person. I can have any feelings I want. And then everybody kind of gets loud and boisterous about how they feel about something. And that's why I guess the prequels kind of came to fruition 20 years later. And everybody was like, we love these movies. So I'm really, I really hope that that happens with the sequel movies because I liked them a lot. I'm really sad to see the hate that they get. Um, well, so. and, 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 you know, to be honest, I wasn't a big fan of them, but I understand them. That's the thing. I can be respectful of something I don't like. That's yeah. the big important thing. So, like, you know, The Last Jedi is my least favorite of all the sequels. I actually liked The Force Awakens more than any of them. I loved Rey in The Force Awakens. I loved the whole, you know, uh, scrounger-type personality thing. I thought that was great. Um, I liked the whole fact that we had a stormtrooper that became a good guy. That was great. I loved it. I think he should have been a Jedi. You know, that would have been cool. But, um, you know, what, what we're going to see, though, is it's going to happen again because they're already working on a new script for another trilogy. It's going to be on the new Jedi Order that takes place after the sequels. So guess what? Those fans are going to get hate from the current sequel fans. That's just unfortunately the the whole loop that we're in unless we can break it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird because I'm I'm just a person that I just I just want more Star Wars. Just keep giving me more Star Wars for me to digest whether I like it or not. I want to keep getting more and I feel like you get a lot of sentiment where it's like everybody wants, or not everybody, but there's, you know, that group of people that just want them to stop completely. Like, just stop making well, Star Wars because yeah. you ruined my Star Wars, quote unquote. Yeah, you and, know? That, and so. that's and that was the, that's the problem, too. So one thing that really helps help you, helps people fall in love with things is world building. And that's what they did with the with the prequels, with Clone Wars. That was a huge, huge help to a lot of OT fans to uh, appreciating the the prequels. And that's what they really need to do with the with the, the sequels. And that's what they're doing with the Disney Plus shows. It's all building up to to what they already have in the sequels. Anybody who says, oh, they're going to decanonize the sequels, I'm like, no, Disney will never do that. They spent way too much money on those to say, hey, that was a mistake. But um, they're, they're building up to it. And I think that's going to give a lot of appreciation to the sequels um, in the future. But the main reason I think that people have this mentality of you ruined my Star Wars is because we didn't have a whole lot of world building until Disney bought it out. Yeah, we had the Legends books, but we did not have a lot of stuff on screen. That's the big thing. We didn't have a lot until they came out with Clone Wars or and, and Rebels. You know, and we had video games, great. We had books, okay. We had comic books, but that was not for most of the population. The majority of the population just watches the movies and shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not even in that point too. Like a lot of people that we know, like in real life, you know, they don't they don't watch the animated stuff. Like yeah. they just won't do it. And so on top of that too, you know, it's nice that the Mandalorian is doing things like you know with the uh, the pickled Snoke in the tube in the one episode, and um, yeah bringing stuff in like Luke Skywalker building his Jedi order you're you're bridging the gap and so you know and we're the the first order transport design of the imperial transports um oh, we saw yeah, that yeah. in Obi-Wan Kenobi too um and I just think that it's good that they're 
doing they're bridging the gap there. But I think that my number one thing I'd want to see as far as world building goes is you have that one year gap between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. I would want to see maybe a two or three season animated show like like Rebels Clone Wars style animation focusing on Ray, Finn and Poe and just get that camaraderie built up more get that i want to see them go on missions and fight the first order and yeah. i want to meet new characters and that would make me because i love uh the Ras jedi and the rise of skywalker so like for me seeing more of those characters i feel like would help bridge the gap with those two movies well they did try to do that resistance show and unfortunately yeah. that just was not very good um, wow. To me, to me, it felt like an anime script that somebody already wrote and they put Star Wars on it. That's honestly what it felt like to me, especially that first season. But um, that was a missed opportunity. They could have made it all about Poe. They could have made it all about Rey. They could have made it all about Finn. But they didn't. They decided to have a third party hoping, okay, maybe this is something that will help get kids into Star Wars. And the problem was kids are already into Star Wars. What you need to do is get the adults back into Star Wars. And I think they missed that opportunity. Um, doesn't mean they can't do something exactly like you said in the future. But what they need to do is repair some of the damage they've done. And by that, I don't, I'm not talking about the movies. Uh, the movies are fine. The problem is that they've hurt the fans by not listening to them when they made the movies not saying you have to do what the fans say but to say i don't owe the fans anything well that was a pretty rude comment for kathleen kennedy makes you know so you're you're basically saying you know giving the middle finger to all the fans that loved star wars before um so now they're repairing that damage and they're doing a good job you know you've got the mandalorian we've got obi-wan we've got andor coming out which i'm excited to see the dirty underbelly of the empire you know that whole stuff um so they're doing a good job of that now but they they really made some mistakes to begin with in how they treated the fan base so once they do that then we'll see a lot more of those filler shows once they know it's it's going to be more safely accepted in my opinion yeah and that's like we've said many times that um the thing about lucasfilm and when when disney bought it um was they just started pumping out movies right out the gate and there wasn't really the attention to detail and the care that I feel the passion now behind all the projects that are coming out. And yeah. I didn't really feel that same energy back when they were just pumping out a bunch of content. They just were like, oh, original trilogy, good. Not as many people like the prequels. So we're just going to build off the original trilogy and make three movies. And people yeah. are going to like them because it's Star Wars. And then they figured out that this fan base in particular is very, very uh, observant. And they really like... Like we are the, the probably one of the only fan bases that freaks out when a background character with no speaking lines walks across the screen. You know, like that's just, that's just how we are. That's, so true. that's, cool. that's true. Yeah, th that is absolutely true. I mean, yeah, Quinlan Voss is in the Phantom Menace, but it's because he was of some background character with paint on his face. <laughs> and now he's back in Kenobi ish, kind of ish ish well and people are like well when are they going to bring him in when are they going to bring him in well first off they probably just name dropped him so they can use him in the future there's no guarantee they will but yeah. if they use anything if they do have him already planned for filming on a future project my money's on andor because that makes the most place the most sense because and, and here's the thing i think about rogue one when rogue one uh when they were working on it they they were um churit imway and Baze mulbus the the two guardians yep. of the wills they were not supposed to be in the movie at all at really all. they were not yeah 
but they were added in because the the producer said we need to have a Jedi type person. They're like, well, we can't have a, just a Jedi, and they're like, okay, well, a Jedi type person then. So that's why they wrote those guys in. So I'm thinking they're going to have to have some kind of Jedi type person in Andor. The only the one that makes the most sense to me is uh, is um, um, Quinlan because he's already a part of the path. And that would make perfect sense for, you know, Andor to kind of, you know, help with the path. And maybe they run into Quinlan and he gives them a ride somewhere. That makes, I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And that's, I'm, again, would it be, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not going to be mad. But like, that's, I'm really excited for Andor. I think the production quality on that show looks awesome. I rewatched the trailer yesterday and just Mm -hmm. the way that it's all put together it is extremely gritty. We are getting down into the mud with both the Empire and with the early stages of the Rebellion. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm really glad to see that. I really am. Because, you know, I get a lot of comments from people saying, well, the Empire wasn't all that bad. They got rid of, you know, of uh, smugglers and pirates and, and criminals were, you know, scared. But, yeah, well, so were the regular people. You had no freedom unless... There we're we back. Yep. Okay, we lost yep. you for a second. What was the last? Yeah. Is that we caught? We're just the tail end of what you were saying. Yeah, sorry, I had a phone call that came in. Sorry about that. Oh, you're um, good, you're good. <laughs> so, um, know, what was I even talking about now? Uh, you were just <laughs> saying, oh, uh, about like how the last thing we heard was that the empire wasn't that bad, but they were doing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of fans are saying like they they did all these good things about getting rid of criminals, but then they're not thinking about, you know, the lack of freedom that people had and that, you know, the, the whole, you know, like Wookiee population was enslaved and they destroyed planets. They're, they're like, no, there's such horrible things the empire did. So why I'm really glad about the show is to give people a proper perspective of just how evil the empire actually was. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a hundred percent. I agree. And I think that they've done things to show that, even in like Kenobi, you go and you know the Inquisitors collect dead Force-sensitive people and and like and cryogenically freeze them. Mint in box. Mint in box, if you will. <laughs> yeah, don't open these. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah. My question is: Do you think that that um, youngling that we saw? Do you think that's the Master Skywalker kid? <laughs> I think that it might be, but. For me, it was more like I think it was the idea of having the fact that the Inquisitors are so low that they're holding children, dead children yeah. in that in the fortress. And I think for me, like it, I would be fine one way or the other. If it is the kid, that's a cool callback. If it's not the kid, I understand like that was that was something that put like a, a pit in the bottom of my stomach. You know, like I yeah. just was like, yeah. oh, man, like that's just that's disgusting. You know, and one connection I really want to see. We know from the trailers that um, Gunji is going to be in the Bad Batch. He survived one. And but we also know that Master Sunube was one of those that was collected. What I want to see is a connection. And and again, this is I'm trying not to make this an expectation. (laughs) But what I think would be cool to see is, you know, Gunji mentioned something about how Master Sunube you know, sacrificed himself so that those younglings could get away. That's the cool connection I want to see. Yeah. And I'm also, I want to see as well. um, I want to see, because Ahsoka alludes to in the Mandalorian that Grogu was taken from the temple. I want to know 
who took Grogu from the temple. Was I don't it... think anybody took Grogu. You don't think? Well, 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 okay, so here's the thing. Um, I don't think anybody rescued him. I'll put it that way. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, personally, I, I've looked at all the all these different theories. The most prominent one is R2, and that one's easily debunked. Um, so personally, what I think is that exactly what we saw is what happened. You know, the Jedi were guarding him. They died. The rebels saw him, or not the rebels, the clones saw him and collected him. And so the Empire tested on him, somehow lost him, and then had to hire a very skilled bounty hunter to go collect him again. Because they were already very, very, very familiar with Grogu. They needed him back. So okay. that's why they, you know, they hired Din Djarin to go collect him. So I don't think anybody rescued him from the temple. I think he was collected and tested on by the Empire. That's a really good theory. I've never heard that one. Or before. it was Mace Windu. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, one hey, Mace Windu. Let me come back and get a baby. <laughs> uh I just think the funniest thing is is not only do I see so many fans want Mace Windu back, is the fact that Samuel L. Jackson really wants to come back. I think that's the yeah. funniest part because he's like, pull me back in, please. I've been practicing left-handed, please. Yeah, well, you know, I I did um, people keep asking me, do you think we'll see him? Do you think we'll see him? And I'm like, well, you know, there's money to be made there. It's possible. But there is really one way that I would be very okay if they did it. So here's my idea. I'm going to pitch it to you. So you go you go down into the bowels of Coruscant and you go into this seedy smoke filled bar and uh, Mace Windu is sitting at a table. He's got one hand. He's all disheveled, doesn't look anything like a Jedi, and he's drinking a drink. And then he just sits there and thinks. And then we go into a flashback, and the whole series is about him training to become a Jedi, you know, like him growing up in the Order. And then when the series is over, you go back to that scene, and you hear somebody mention Luke Skywalker and the new Jedi Order and all that. Then he just gets up, and he walks out the door, cut to black. He doesn't care. That's what I think would work. Hmm. That's an interesting, that's an interesting story. Um, I think it's cool. We're going to see Mace Windu in Tales of the Jedi. Um, oh, that's so true. Yeah. Maybe that will be the beginning of, of uh, that maybe a similar storyline. Well, if there's you know? a flash forward at the end a of flash Tales, forward at the end of Tales of the Jedi, that could be cool. Oh man. You'd have so many fans just going nuts, both good and bad. If they did that. Yeah. They'd be like, ah! <laughs> I mean, because if, if you actually read um, official dictionaries and encyclopedias produced by Lucasfilm, it is listed that he's dead. Yeah. So now that doesn't mean that they can't change it, but officially, until they say otherwise, he is dead. We've also come to realize some things that, unless it is in cinema and TV, it's not necessarily set in stone canon. They like to change well, things happen in books and comics a lot. So, um... yeah. Yeah. Well, if Darth Maul can come back, anybody can come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think the difference is, though, that. A lot of the people we see come back are dark side users because the dark side yes. is what keeps them alive. And I think that if you start doing that with Jedi, that could be problematic, problematic because the only way yeah. the Why Jedi stay quit? alive is through the Force. Yeah. Whereas the the Sith are focused on keeping their mortal bodies alive by yes. using the dark side of the Force and their hatred. And that's the difference: is the Sith can stay in their mortal form, their physical form. And they master that up until the ninth movie. Um, you see the the penultimate version of that with Palpatine literally being zombie Palpatine, and then the Jedi being able to conquer their physical self and move on and and you know manifest themselves in the Force. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different mentality. You know, what is important to you? Is the preservation of your quote-unquote soul the most important thing, or is it just you existing as you are? And um, it's a it's a whole different mentality of what is important to you. Is this life the most important, or if you believe there's a next life, is that the most important to you? That's the whole philosophical thing with Jedi versus Sith, and we see that clear difference in everything they do. You know, the the Jedi are always concerned about the will of the Force and being and bringing balance to the Force and. And then, you know, the Sith are all concerned about gaining power now and, and mastering things now and not dying. Yes. And and that's, uh, I think, yeah, if we bring Mace Windu back, it's got to be explained. Someone had to have helped him survive or, you know, because, or Mace Windu just becomes a deranged dark side force user. But that also isn't in Mace Windu's character. Uh, I agree. Be a dark side force user. So that's kind of where i'm coming from i think he, if you come... see him do a revan thing and after the fall he hits his head forgets who he is realizes he has the force and he's pretty mad about why he can't remember anything <laughs> and we get like a reverse oh, revan wow. and the dark side of lights that would be the dark side that would be wow that's that's fascinating but you would have a lot of upset mace windu fans with that yeah but, but then i have to the say end of the series you can get him redeemed and then he probably would die yeah moving on to the force so yeah. that way it'd kind of be like a full character arc Wow. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest misnomer that I constantly have to battle is that oh, Mace Windu used both the dark side and the light side. I'm like, yeah. no, he didn't. He did not. Uh-oh. Just because his lights are purple don't mean he red and <laughs> exactly. blue. Exactly. It's like, I'm glad you can add colors, but what about green? You know? <laughs> it's Red and blue make purple, but what about green and red? And he doesn't have a yeah. brown lightsaber. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, it's that. that's, again, there are a lot of common misconceptions with star wars that and again kind of similarly to you we are very focused on the canon star wars i love <laughs> legends i know there are parts of legends that jacob and jackson both love um tag and bank <laughs> um for me it's a lot of the the comics that were coming out around the late 90s and early 2000s like clone wars era comics that was a lot of what i read um but there's a lot of, you know, we'll have people that comment on our videos on our podcast and stuff about, you know, oh, well, this actually, it actually happened this way or like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, it's one thing if you want to have your own headcanon and like that's just how you think that the story went. But when you come in and you're trying to tell other people that this is the, the reality, um, that's where it, you have the, the miscommunication with people because I try to talk to these people. And be like, well, you know, that did happen in Legends, but in the canon timeline, that's what we're talking about is the canon timeline. And the person will come back and be like, well, no, that's not real because that part is not actually canon. And I just go, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I get that, that and Gray Jedi. Those are the two things I battle more than anything. Gray else. Jedi. Yes. I mean, I, I understand why people like the concept, but honestly, when you describe a Gray Jedi, all you're doing is describing a dark side force user who isn't a Sith. That's yeah. it. Might as well be. In the at, at least, the, at least the misconception of it. Now, in Legends, there were two references to actual gray Jedi, but all it meant was somebody who did not follow the will of the Council. They just followed the will of the Force, but they still didn't use the dark side. They were still light side users. Yeah. And that term in canon now is Wayseeker. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's what Qui Gon Jinn was, wasn't he? 
Well, kind of. So Qui-Gon did follow the code. Otherwise, he would have just had two Padawans, like, screw you, I'll do what I want, you know, but he didn't do that. Um, so, you know, he still followed the code. He just didn't always heed the advice of the council. So he was more of a, of a, a loose cannon or a, a rebel within the code type of thing. Um, people like to point him and say, great Jedi, great Jedi, but he still obeyed the council. Otherwise he wouldn't have brought Anakin to them. And he, and he wouldn't have obeyed them and said, you know, that, uh, that you, you can't train Anakin, you know? So he obeyed them. Um, Ahsoka is the closest we get, but that's only because she doesn't have a council to respond to. And there, there's no council for her to ignore. Um, now they, they actually do have way seekers in the High Republic series. That, and that's where we get this term from. That's where they're creating. They understand that there is a misunderstanding of the term gray Jedi. That's why they're replacing it with Wayseeker, so that there's no misunderstanding that they use the dark side and the light side, you know, all that silliness. Yeah, and that's um, that's a good point, too, is I know for us, trying to explain the gray Jedi thing, we, we've actually we've done our fair share of making fun of, of the gray Jedi thing. Um <laughs> We'll just like we there's well, one I episode. could rip their limbs off and I'd still be a good guy like that. <laughs> yeah, <stuff>. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's where yeah. it's like it contradicts what a Jedi is because a Jedi would never do things purposefully to harm people. Like they would a Jedi would never go up and, and solve a problem by ripping people's limbs off and choking people out. Um, and honestly, like, you know, we see Luke Skywalker do that, but that's because Luke Skywalker is is you know, playing with the dark side a little bit um, in that sense and, and through his costume and all that stuff, you know, um, that's portrayed story-wise in that movie. But uh, the whole gray Jedi thing, it just, I don't know. And for me, like, I've always been like a, a big supporter of, you know, teaching kids right from wrong when they're growing up with Star Wars as I grew up with Star Wars. And mm -hmm. like, just the idea of like teaching kids that yeah, like you can choke people out and like still be a good guy. Like there's there's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. you know, that well, to me is it, just doesn't sit well. And well, even the scene that people point out in Return of the Jedi, that's generally they're referring to when he walked into Jabba's palace and he did the force choke on the Gamorrean guards. That's what most people refer to. But here's the thing, um, he did not use the dark side there because he he didn't know that that was a bad thing to do and. Just because you do something doesn't mean you're using the dark side to do it. That That's the other thing. The dark side is when you reach out with your negative feelings. So if he was being hateful to them, like, I hate you and want you to die, and using that feeling to choke them, that would be dark side. Now, the reason why those moves were considered dark side is because it would be easy to do them in anger. And so you could fall to the dark side. That was the threat. But doing them themselves, no, not necessarily dark side. But also, keep in mind, Yoda taught him a Jedi uses the the force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Well, he wasn't attacking them. They came up to him with weapons. He was defending himself as far as I'm concerned. That's a really good way to put it. Very good way to put it. Um, but so then I guess, would you apply the same logic to when Grogu chokes out Cara Dune on the racer crest when she's arm wrestling with, with Din Djarin? Well, um, as far as that goes, he didn't understand the situation. So he was trying to defend his father figure. Yeah. So I, I see that as fully light side. The one time I might question if he was using dark side was when he was throwing around those stormtroopers. As funny <laughs> yeah. as that was, 
Um, that was purely a tech. Now, that doesn't mean it was dark side. Again, it depends on what feelings you use in order to use the force. That's the dark side. So if he was reaching out with vengeance, yeah, that would be dark side. Otherwise, he could be reaching out with frustration. You know, that that's not necessarily a dark side thing. Um, he could be reaching out with a sense of justice, like, well, you kidnapped me, so I'm going to do this to you to protect myself. Um, so it depends on what feelings he used to access the force, but it was definitely a questionable maneuver at the very least. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think with, you had mentioned earlier, like with uh, Rogue One, like how there needed to be a force-sensitive character. I've come to really like Star Wars stories that don't have a force sensitive character prevalent in the story, like yes. um, the Book of Boba Fett and like uh, the Bad Batch specifically. Well, I love the Bad Batch. Let me just say it's on my shirt right now. Absolutely love the Bad Batch. But mm -hmm. um, I really like that we're getting into stories that don't have to do so much with the force. And so what is your take on that then? Well, I absolutely love those stories. That's why Rogue One is actually my favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, used to be Return of the Jedi, and Return of the Jedi is still number two. But Rogue One just blew my mind, and I was super optimistic from that point what they could do. And I'm still optimistic about what they could do because I know what they have done. Um, but yes, I absolutely love it when we see things that don't have to do with Jedi or the Force. That's why Clone Wars is still my favorite series because it's not all about Jedi. Yes, there's a lot of Jedi, but it's not all about that. We see regular clones living their life, fighting with just their skills. And I absolutely love that. One thing I really want to see is the adventures of Hondo Onaka. That's what I want to see. Now, the, I have heard a rumor that the the new Bounty Hunt, Secrets of the Bounty Hunters series they're going to come out with is going to be narrated by Hondo Onaka, which is cool. But that's still not his adventures. I want to see his life. I want to know how he hooked up with Aura Singh. Honestly, I want to see that. So I didn't, what do you, this, this Secrets of the Bounty Hunters series, is this going to be a TV show or... Well, it's just called Hunters, and the oh. subtitle is Secrets of the Bounty Hunters. Um, now, that was just a rumor. I don't know if it's actually true, but if it's true, hey, great. We get to hear you know Jim Cummings do his voice again, which is great. He's one of my favorite voice actors. But um, as far as I know, it's going to be it's, it's going to be very similar to like Tales of the Jedi and you know those other short story things. That's, oh, yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, I like that um, we're finally getting. Uh, that Clone Wars animation, that animation style back in just limited series. Like, just give me stories that you tell. And it's a good way. It's an easy way to to not have like, oh, I need this actor to come back. I need this actor to come back. You can just animate them, have a voice actor. And there you go. Now you can tell the story. Yep. Exactly. And this is a good opportunity for them to bring in some more Legends material and make it canon. I really would love to see them do Nomi uh, Sunrider if you're familiar with her. I'm not. Okay, so Nomi Sunrider was one of the original characters of um, the Legends form of Tales of the Jedi. And she was actually the the person who uh, started the Witches of Dathomir. She crash-landed oh, really? on Dathomir, already had a kid, and so she actually started up all the clans of the Witches of Dathomir. So in Legends, um, the Night Sisters were one clan of many of witches of Dathomir clans and the night sisters were the dark side clan there were plenty of light side clans like the the clan of the singing mountain and but they all came from nomi sunrider a jedi who crash landed thousands of years ago wow that's that's super again i'm getting my mind blown today i didn't know about that either um i totally i had like a 
like a good question that I was going to ask. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. And now you can't remember. And now I don't. That's how it works. Um, you will you will forget the question. <laughs> what question? Um, I guess I'd have to ask, what's your favorite piece of Legends material? Of Legends material? Oh, um, I'm going to have to go with... Uh, well, okay, so that's difficult to explain. So if you're talking about anything overall, I'm going to have to go with the original Thrawn trilogy. But if you want just one single piece, it's going to be I, Jedi. Because I'm a huge Cornhorn fan. Now, Cornhorn is one of the main characters in the X-Wing series. And he is Force-sensitive and plays around with a bit, but never really to, you know, become, chooses to become a Jedi until the book I Jedi when his wife is kidnapped and he has to learn how to use the force in order to go rescue her. And he goes to Luke's Academy on Yavin 4 and, you know, goes through that in order to rescue her. And that is absolutely one of my favorite, favorite books because it was all about Cornhorn, but it was still also had Luke and Jedi and all that cool stuff. Did you see that, um, that, Little kid in Kenobi yes. at Hajus Windows. That's supposed to be Cornhorn. That is Cornhorn confirmed. He is credited as Corin. Yes. Oh, sweet. I I saw that. And I was like, oh, cool. His dad's name is listed on the wall that Obi Wan looked at, where Quinlan Voss's name was listed too. Oh, mm. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, because his his real last name is Halcyon, but uh, so according to legends, anyway, Cornhorn his 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 father was a Jedi and his last name was Halcyon, but he, um, the Jedi Halcyon was a family friend of the Horn family, but the Horn family never had kids. So he gave his son Corin to the Horn family to raise him, and he didn't find this out until he was an adult. But Halcyon is his family name in Legends. Cool. Nice. That's super cool. That's definitely going to be a setup for something else again later on. Well, they are still planning on doing the Rogue Squadron movie. They are. It's still on their books. So... If they, this this clearly is evidence to me that they're building up to it, along with everything else doing, they're they're gonna slow build to it. But like, oh yeah, this kid, this is Cornhorn. He's gonna be in Rogue Squadron, you know that type of thing. Um, I I hope they do find somebody else to play Wedge Antilles. Um, I hope they don't just write him out. But um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, um, I remember what I was gonna say now. Um, okay. I was going to say I know a lot of people want to see Star Killer Galen Merrick in canon and we've debated back and forth as to whether or not he's too powerful for like star wars canon or not and i think that now after seeing this final battle between obi-wan and vader and seeing those force powers that he could show up and i would say if anything he would show he would make the most sense in the bad batch um hmm. but what is what is your take on that because i still kind of feel like he's just a little too powerful for like the bad batch to take on well, that depends on which version of him you're talking about. So if you're talking about gameplay, yes, he is too powerful because all they really did with the game was make an, you know, like an uber macho Jedi force throwing thing to, you know, for boys to play around with on a video game. So, yes, he was overpowered, but there was also a book version of him. They made books that have the same title. And in the books, he was far less powerful. He was a lot more realistic. Um, so they could actually bring him in and make him realistic according to the books because with the credibility of canon, books rank higher than video games. So they, they could they could absolutely still bring him in. Now, a lot of people ask me, well, where do you think they'll bring him in? Well, my I, I have no reason for believing this. I have no reason for thinking this. I just think it'd be cool. What if he's the guy in the back to tank in Jedi Survivor? Just thinking. Ooh. 
I'm okay. probably wrong, but just a crazy thought anyway. Yeah, and, and that honestly, when you were talking earlier about they took Grogu and they did test on him, maybe he's the test subject that they did the 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 experiments on. And so now that's how Starkiller is brought into canon is through he's the guy that was originally tested with Grogu and it worked. I and mean, then if you Grogu if you think away. about it, putting Cal Kestis and Starkiller in the same game, people would just freak out about it. I would. I mean, just being honest, <laughs> I, would, I would lose my mind about it. I feel like people would be mad if it wasn't Sam Witwer, though. Like, yeah, why? well, th- there is truth to that. But if they do it right, then people will be at least okay with it. That's the thing. Um, if you're respectful to what the fans want, um, they can be understanding. It's just when you don't respect or care what the fans want, then that's when you get all the uproiled stuff. So um, what I have found is that when I am talking to fans and they are upset, if I explain to them why things are the way they are, they at least say, okay, I don't agree, but I, I can respect that. That's the big thing is that people need to get to the point where they do feel like Lucasfilm is saying, yeah, I don't agree, but I respect that. And they can say the same thing back. That That's the thing is that if fans need to at least feel that they're respected. So I think they could they could do without Sam Witwer, but they they have to do it in a respectful way. Now, is it likely him? Very, very possible. Much more likely than Starkiller. But we'll see. Yeah, that's a that's a that's another I don't know. I think uh, I know that they'll do it well. That's how I put it. I know yeah. I'm, I have a lot. I have a lot of faith in the Star Wars storytelling, and uh, I have a lot of faith in the teams that they're putting together. So, and I think the teams now know that Star Killer is a character that people want back and want to see in canon. So I know it's only a matter of time until we really get him. But I'd very I I was a huge fan of Force Unleashed growing up. I played it on the Nintendo Wii, the better version. Uh, so <laughs> that's the kind I didn't like. Cause I, I was, I, I couldn't even get past the first Jedi trying to figure out how to move my hands the right way. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite part about that game was like when I found out that if you took the nunchuck and you did this with it, you could force choke people and it blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not choking them with a force. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I like a lot of the old school games. So, like, um, there's a lot of fun ones. I'm like, I still have KOTOR on my phone even. I can play KOTOR 1 and 2 on my phone. But, honestly, my favorite one was just uh, the original Episode 1 on PlayStation. Just because you could totally screw up the whole game if you wanted to. You could go around with Qui-Gon and just kill random people and and and, to, and not be able to pass the game. But it, it, you, you had that option. It was like total free play uh, for the first time in Star Wars. It was really interesting. Um, so I, I've seen um, you know people go around and, and try to kill Anakin. You actually can't kill Anakin, but you can kill Kitster, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, that's wizard. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, that was a great that was a great poll too that they had where they had Mando say wizard uh, when he was talking about the how how yeah. he liked the flight of the the in one yeah yeah I, I like I like the fan service like that where it's very deep cut and like you know only like people who are super into Star Wars are gonna get it um, because then it's not so like in your face. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing that they're doing that's actually helping repair the damage with the fan base. They're giving those hardcore fans those deep cuts. Um, that's what they did not do very well with the sequel movies. There were not a lot of deep cuts, especially with. Uh... Getting a phone call again. Sorry about that. Another call. Oh, you're, good. <laughs> you're good. You're, you're a busy but, guy. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's what they did a lot. That that's one thing they did not do a lot with, especially with Rise of Skywalker, or not Rise of Skywalker, um, The Last Jedi. There were not a lot of deep cuts. It was here's all new material. Here's some references to, uh, you know, the original trilogy, and that was it. And I think that's why fans felt disrespected. Not that it was intentional. It's just not that thought was not put in there. I think that was the big mistake. That's a good way to put it. Um, I feel like it all comes down to how much you value the continuity in the story, you know, because there are certain parts of Star Wars that it can be completely new and I there can be no mention of anything that came before it, and I'm good with that. Um, but there are other times as well where I feel like there are certain things that need to be addressed in the story. Like, for example, in the Book of Boba Fett, there's a lot of people that complain that, you know, Episode 5 was just Mandalorian Season 2.5. But for me, I felt like if you're bringing Din Djarin into this show and you're making him like a supporting character in the finale. I think that he needs to, it needs to be addressed where he's been and what he's been doing since the dramatic ending of the second season of the Mandalorian. So for me, it made sense to me, but I do understand how people can feel like it took away from Boba Fett's story, but I I also understand to hear it. Right. But I also understood what they were doing. They're trying to world build. They're trying to world build the Mandalorians. And if you are not an Uber Mandalorian fan, you generally don't know a whole lot about them. And most of what we know is still legends. So I understood that in order to build this whole Mandalorian universe, yeah, we need to talk about Boba Fett because he's going to be a part of it, but we have to show his relationship to Din Djarin. That was necessary. So I absolutely understood what they were doing. I didn't have a problem with it. Yes, I did have a problem with how they filmed it. I didn't like the whole back and forth thing. I think they could have shown it all as one continuous timeline from the, the sand people to the ending. Um, I did have some problem with how they did that, but overall I understood what they were trying to do. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that's just, we're just along for the ride and I'm just, I'm just here to enjoy it. And, uh, I hope, I hope that everyone else is able to enjoy it as much as I find it enjoyable. Cause that for me, I just, I want people to, I want everyone to, to like it and enjoy it and, and be excited about it. I don't, I'm not looking to. Yep contradict with other people and you know argue about it so yeah you don't have to like everything they make exactly so uh i think i'm good but we have uh we have a couple things we do before the end i just wanted to say huge thank you we have had we are huge um collectors i don't know if you noticed um but uh (laughs) we have um a lot of collectors as guests on the show and so predominantly those habitats are around collecting and so uh, i know for me at least this was really fun to talk about star wars itself except it, for just products instead of just like oh action figures you know although we do love yeah. those episodes. we do love talking about action figures all day long but for us it's it's, it's nice to spice it up nice to talk about star wars itself yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah so again thank you to dinks for being on the show but we have our lightning round but you already answered two of the questions that we do for our lightning <laughs> round um so we do uh, three rapid-fire questions. The first one is favorite movie, and you had said Rogue One. Um, yep. And then favorite Star Wars show, you had said The Clone Wars. Um, mm-hmm. And then off with, with uh, one more. What's your favorite Star Wars character? Oh, Hondo Onaka. Hey, 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 that's I a guessed good it. one. That's a I, really good one. I, ha- I knew it because you kept mentioning him. I'm like, this man's going to say that Hondo's his favorite. I bet. I bet. 
Well, with Hondo, either you love him or you hate him. There's nothing in between, really. Yeah. I, awesome. I think he's a great character. Yeah, he's he's one of my favorites from the Clone Wars, for sure. He's right there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so right before we end, everybody, we always like to show, if you are watching on YouTube or Spotify, we always like to show our guests' social media. Um, and then Tommy always struggles to do it. And I don't know why Tommy keeps insisting on doing it every single time. Um, but here it is. This is Star Wars Dinks on TikTok. If you have TikTok and you are not yet following him, please do so because he's got some awesome Star Wars content. He does some great things. A lot of great conversations, a lot of great question and answer videos. But again, you can follow him on all social media. All his links will be in the description below. You can check those out if you so choose. Do you have any questions for us before we take it out for the, this uh, podcast here? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I do appreciate you having me on here, and it's yeah. been fun. All right. Awesome. And so, Jacob, take us out. Right. Thank you, everybody, for watching this episode. Again, his, uh, Dinks's links are going to be in the – Dinks's links. Dinks's links are going to be in the uh, description below, so make sure that you check out all of his stuff. Give him a follow. Uh, we really appreciate you supporting all of our guests Uh but thank you for watching. Uh, please be sure to subscribe to the 1313 Podcast because, once again, 500 subs. You can win either one of these figures. Uh, they're super good figures, in my opinion. I have both of them, and they are amazing. So uh, we can't wait to give these away to one of you guys. Also, be sure to join the Patreon if you haven't already. Uh, we appreciate all of our patrons. Also, be sure to join the Discord. Uh, tons of fun conversations in the Discord. Very Every positive day. community yes, in Discord. Non-toxic community. Uh, we've had, uh, especially at the finale of Kenobi, we had a very, uh, I wouldn't say heated discussion about Kenobi, but we had some butting head discussions that ended off with a, uh, which just agreed to disagree, which I haven't seen in the Star Wars community in a long time. It just never got disrespectful. Yeah. Just, everyone just shared their thoughts and it was awesome. So yeah. if you like communities like that and you want to talk Star Wars, feel free to join that Discord. Yes. Um, and with that, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, and we will see you guys all next time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Woo!